off and the clock has started. This is 20 Minutes You'll Never Get Back. Thank you very much. That was Dorothy from East Moline, Illinois. And I am Doug Prezak from California. Welcome to 20 Minutes You'll Never Get Back. As always, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I mean, it's, it's 20 minutes. And I, you could be doing something else with it. Shopping, surfing the web, watching Oprah. I don't anything, but you're listening to me, so I appreciate it. Also, it's been a while since I've mentioned this, um, but there is a, a website for this podcast. There's not a lot there, but there is one very important thing. Okay, two important. There's three important things on there. The website is 20minutespodcast.com. That's the number two zero. And then minutespodcast.com. That's the website. One of the things on the website is if you would like to be an announcer for the show like Dorothy was, there's complete instructions how you can do that. So check that out. You'd be famous around the world. So if you want <laughs> if you want to be an announcer, go to that website right in the middle of the page that says want to be an announcer. Click on that. It tells you how to do it and send me the uh, your, your audio file and I'll, I'll put you in a show. The second thing on there is the uh, link to that whole uh, Instagram machine thing there. So you can follow the podcast. I, I'd love to have you uh, sign up for that. I uh, get more than the seven people I have. And also there's a link on there if you want to send me any comments uh, like, how on earth did you ever end up with a podcast? Or, my gosh, Doug, that information you provided about stairs was just incredible. Thank you so much. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Now, I think it's time to get on with today's episode. I know you're excited. So, um, you know, it's officially December now. And growing up as a kid, uh, it was the best month of the year. Okay, well, besides October and October 4th to be exact, but December was the best. And besides all the Christmas decorations that are all over the house, there was one sort of coveted item that was going to arrive in the mailbox. That was the Christmas toy catalog. Oh my heck, I could not wait for those. Now, anybody listening to this podcast was born after 1990. You see, when those of us were born in the 90s, 80s, 70s, 60s, and finally the 50s, uh, we didn't have that Google search machine or Amazon wish list. We didn't have our friends to IG us with uh, any. I cannot believe I just said IG us. I'm, I'm so woke. Uh, I can't, <laughs> anyway, sending us chats and tweets of all the coolest toys we should have. No, we had to uh, carefully flip through every page of the toy catalog, uh, the Toys R Us catalog and the, the Sears Christmas toy catalog and Wow, I just realized that those are uh, all out of business now. Thanks, Amazon. Anyway, we would go through the catalog page by page looking for the answers to all of our Christmas wants. We'd grab a pencil and write it down on a piece of paper. Yeah, paper, the good old days, you know. I think the art of list making is officially gone. You know, getting a, a piece of a blue line note paper and misspelling toy names and carefully handing it to our parents... And nowadays, uh, ki we, kids have the auto-corrected iPhones and the wish list gets airdropped to mom and dad or Santa. I think I'm starting to sound like that crazy uncle sitting on a chair in the corner at a family gathering, blabbering on about uh, what life used to be like. <laughs> you know, I, I apologize. But kids, come on. You have no idea how much fun we had working with uh, no technology and pencil and paper. It's all ancient history. And speaking of history, I got to thinking, well, that was an excellent segue, Doug. <laughs> I should write that down more often. Anyway, uh, 
speaking of the history of toys, it got me nostalgic, uh, all the stuff we used to have. And then I started wondering about the history of toys and how they came to be, et cetera, et cetera. And you know exactly what happened next. That's right. I did the research so you don't have to. Oh, and by the way, speaking of that, I have a whole new line of T-shirts, sweatshirts, face masks, coffee mugs, uh, even refrigerator magnets, all with the phrase, I did the research so you don't have to, that's available in the gift shop. So uh, check it out right after the podcast. Uh, and if you mention that you heard it on this podcast, you'll get 10% off. <laughs> oh, you know I'm kidding. There's no gift shop. I wish I had a gift shop. That would help me <laughs> help me pay for this podcast. But, you know, I I would love to be able to see people walking down the street wearing shirts and say, I did the research, so you don't have to with my little 20 minutes logo on the bottom there. Um, i got to figure that out. We'll see. As they say at concerts, I need some merch. Enough of that. Let's get into the brief brief history of toys. You know, like, oh, maybe 15 minutes worth. Here we go. Toys excavated from the Indus Valley civilization in the Bronze Age uh, in South Asia. They included small carts and whistles shaped like birds and toy monkeys, which could slide down a string. That would be cool. I think I remember monkeys would slide down a string. Um, the earliest toys were made from materials found in nature, such as rocks and sticks and clay. Uh, thousands of years ago, Egyptian children played with dolls that had wigs and movable limbs, which were made from stone and pottery and wood. In ancient Greece and ancient Rome, children played with dolls made of wax or a terracotta and sticks, bows and arrows and yo-yos. What? I, I seriously thought Duncan, Duncan invented the yo-yo, but apparently not. The ancient Greeks and Romans had yo-yos. Go figure. When Greek children uh, came of age, you know, got a little bit older, it was customary for them to sacrifice their toys from their childhood to the gods. And if you think about it, I mean, we still do that today. I mean, how many times have you gone through spring cleaning house and say, look at this toy. You haven't played with this in 10 years. Can we donate it or get rid of it? So, you know, that tradition seems to have carried on. And now we enter the Age of Enlightenment. The Age of Enlightenment was an intellectual and philosophical movement that dominated the world ideas in Europe during the 17th and 18th centuries. Toys became more widespread with the changing attitudes towards children growing up in the Enlightenment. (laughs) That sounds like a bad plot from a, a Netflix movie. Children began to be seen as people in and of themselves as opposed to extensions of the household and they had a right to flourish and enjoy their childhood. Now, a variety and a number of toys were manufactured during the 18th century steadily rose. John Spilsbury invented the first jigsaw puzzle in 1767 to help children learn geography. I emphasize this because go back to episode one of this podcast where you can learn even more about jigsaw puzzles. Because, yeah, I did 20 minutes <laughs> on jigsaw puzzles. So there you go. The rocking horse on bow rockers was developed at the same time in England, and it was thought to uh, these were to develop the children's balance for riding real horses. Now, of course, these were primarily for the wealthy because, you know, they were the ones with horses. Other popular toys included hoops, toy wagons, kites, spinning wheels, and puppets. A lot of board games were produced by John Jeffries in the 1750s, including A Journey Through Europe, the game was very similar to a modern board games in that, the, in that the, uh, the players moved along a track with a throw of a die and they landed on different spaces with either help or, or hinder the player. 
in the 19th century, the emphasis was put on toys that had a educational purpose to them, such as uh, puzzles and books and cards and board games. Uh, with growing prosperity among the middle class, children had more leisure time on their hands, <laughs> okay, which led to industrial methods being used in the manufacture of toys. More complex and mechanical and optics-based toys were also invented. Carpenter and Wesley, I don't know their first names. I did not do enough research. I apologize. Anyway, Carpenter and Wesley began to mass produce the kaleidoscope invented by Sir David Brewster in 1817. Over 200,000 of these kaleidoscopes were sold within the first three months in London and Paris. The golden age of toy development was at the turn of the 20th century. Real wages by then were rising steadily, and that allowed working-class families to afford toys for their kids. Industrial techniques and the precision of engineering and kind of mass production, that was able to provide the supply to meet the rising demand for toys. Intellectual emphasis was also increasing, being placed on the importance of wholesome and happy childhood for the future development of children. An English painter by the name of William Hardbutt invented plasticine in 1897. And in 1900, commercial production of the material as a children's toy began. Now, basically, plasticine was a precursor to Play-Doh. Meccano was a model construction system that used uh, metal strips and plates and angled girders and wheels and axles and gears with nuts and bolts to connect the pieces and enable the building of working models and mechanical devices. And if you ask me, that sounds a whole lot like an early erector set. Dinky Toys pioneered the manufacture of die-cast toys with a production of toy cars, trains, ships, and model train sets, and that became popular in the 1920s. During the Second World War, some new types of toys were created through accidental innovation. Now, after trying to create a replacement for synthetic rubber, an American named Earl Warwick inadvertently invented Nutty Putty during World War II. Later, somebody named Peter Hogden recognized the potential uh, as a childhood plaything and then repackaged it as Silly Putty. Likewise, Play-Doh was originally created as wallpaper cleaner, and we know how that turned out. In 1943, Richard James, uh, he was experimenting with springs as part of his military research when he saw one come loose and fall to the floor. He was intrigued by the way it flopped around on the floor, and he spent two years fine-tuning the design to find out the best gauge of steel and coil, and the result was, you guessed it, the slinky. After the Second World War, as society became more affluent and new technology and materials showed up, uh, think plastics. One word, Benjamin, plastics. When that became available for the manufacture of toys, sorry for the graduate reference, toys became cheaper and were in households across the Western world. Among the more well-known products of the 1950s was a, a little Danish company called Lego and its line of little bricks. There was the Mr. Potato Head, the Barbie doll, and Action Man, uh, all brought about by the plastic revolution. So there you go. That was, a, uh, like I said, a brief history of toys. We're going to take a brief break here. But when we come back, I'm going to go over the top toys in 2020 for kids and the top toys in 2020 for adults. So don't go away. I'll be right back. Jakey, Oh, 
the big red letters stand for the Jell-O family. Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jell-O family. That's Jell-O. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O pudding. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O death. The Oka pudding just so Mmm, Jell-O with little fruit chunks in it. That's some home cooking right there. All right, top toys in 2020 for kids. Now, I didn't make this list up. I just gleamed it from information sources that say these are the top toys, so don't get mad at me. In no particular order, we have the Baby Yoda plush. This year's hottest toy has been inspired by the Disney Plus series The Mandalorian. It says, the child looks up at you with his big eyes, his cuddly body ready for snuggles. $69.99. Next up is the LOL Surprise Clubhouse. I don't, LOL Surprise Clubhouse. The clubhouse for the LOL dolls comes with over 40 surprises to unbox, including two exclusive dolls or LOL dolls. I don't know. $49.99. Okay, how about Squeaky the Balloon Dog? <laughs> Squeaky the Balloon Dog is an interactive toy that does tricks. Squeaky can be trained with his treat, and he can deflate with a pin and inflate with a pump. I swear, isn't that just a balloon? Whatever, eighty-four ninety-nine. It can be yours. I'm sure this one's on somebody's list. It's the American Girl radio-controlled sports car. It's the ultimate driving experience for 18-inch dolls. This can be customized with license plate stickers. It has lifelike details, including a horn, cup holder, working headlights, and can even drive in reverse. It'll only cost you $225.99 to drive that one off the lot. Barbie wants in on the action, and this year she has a dream closet. Uh, it includes 30 pieces inside the two-foot fold-up closet, and in that there are five snazzy outfits, a desk with a laptop, a chair, a spinning clothes rack, a mirror, and, and a hamper. Oh, $49.99. On the less expensive side, you can get the Pets Alive Fifi the Flossing Sloth. It's a furry sloth doll. You turn it on and it has some music and it stands there and does the floss dance. Sure. $14.99. I didn't even know this was a thing, but apparently toys now unbox themselves. The latest is the... Uh, present pets fancy puppy uh, all you do is pull a tab on the box and the surprise puppy breaks out of the box you never know what you're going to get it could be puppy princess or queenie or glitter puppy or coco or casey 49.95 your toy can unwrap itself and if the fancy puppy isn't enough there's now a animal unboxing truck a animal truck unboxing Ugh. Uh, kids will love the surprise element of unboxing a monster truck. It's just not any unboxing. Again, you pull a tab in the angry truck, you poke it, knock on the cage, and it will break itself out of its own box. That one is $29.97. And lastly, there's the Lakeshore Peaceful Kids Yoga Kit. The yoga kit includes a non-slip, extra-thick mat, plus 50 activity cards featuring child-friendly yoga poses. Oh, I love to see the look in a kid's face if you say, hey, I know you didn't ask for this, but here's a yoga mat for you. $34.99. Now, I think it's time to move on to some uh, toys for you adults out there. Get your checkbooks ready. Does anybody write checks anymore? First up is the Lego Coliseum kit. 
Uh, Lego is definitely not just for children. And the question is, do you have the patience to build one of Italy's most famous ruins? It has 9,000 pieces that are almost exactly the same color. Now, this one is definitely for a grown-up Lego engineers. The price tag, you ask? Well, that one could be yours for $549. Want to do some more building? There's the Connex Ferris Wheel. Uh, building toy fans who want to do something more interactive than just Legos, you're going to love this massive set, which features 8,550 pieces. The finished Ferris wheel is six feet tall and includes a plug-in motor with an AC adapter. Start your own carnival right there. The price for that fun is just $383. And for all you adults out there, I know for a fact you all remember the Viewmaster. That little thing you look through, red, you push down the side, and there are a little disc in there with pictures of animals or space or famous buildings. Well, for just $30, you have the Create Your Own Real Viewer. Uh, this object, this viewer, uh, once you, it, you buy it, it arrives in the mail. You use the redemption code to order a customized reel of your very own favorite snapshots, and then you can give those to your family and say, hey, remember this trip we did? Here it is. And Oh, everybody has a really great time. Reviewers call this a thoughtful and creative gift. It's yours, 30 bucks. Thanks to the Queen's Gambit, chess is back in favor. Or I don't know if it really ever left favor, but more and more people are talking about chess. Uh, and, you know, if you want to play a game, you set up the, the board on a table, and it sits there for a while where you consider your moves, and it takes up a lot of real estate. Well, I've got just the thing for you. It's wall chess. It's a uh, birch, plywood, and solid oak set. It makes a great conversation piece with guests and a handsome piece of wall art. You can just hang it there on your wall and the pieces fit into little slots. This chess set can be yours for just $95. Now, if you're looking for a game to play after you've had a, a party, some friends over, and you've had a, a, a couple of libations, this is a great game for you. <laughs> I actually think I may need to get this one. It's called Pencil Nose. And this is a stylized game, uh, kind of like Pictionary, only in this time, the drawer depicts uh, images using a marker that's attached to a nose that's attached to stupid-looking glasses you wear. And hanging in front of you is a clear visor, kind of like the visor mask people are wearing now for COVID protection. And you use your nose to draw a picture on that, and people try and figure it out. I... This one has potential for me. I'm, I'm not kidding. <laughs> I may need to consider that one. It's yours for just $25. And lastly, no home should be without the Drinkworks Home Bar by Keurig. You probably already figured it out. Yes, it's an easy-to-use, single-serve, premium cocktail maker that prepares cocktails, brews, and more at the push of a button. The Drinkworks pods contain all the ingredients, including alcohol, and the home bar adds chilled water and carbonation. Now you can choose from margarita, Moscow mule, mojitos, old fashions, Long Island iced teas, Cuban daiquiris, Mai Tais, cosmopolitans, gin and tonics, that was cosmopolitan, gin and tonic, vodka soda with lime, red sangria, and more. The pods are sold separately, and you can get a tube of pods that makes six drinks for about $15 or $16. The price for the Drinkworks Home Bar by Keurig is only $2.99. And since my executive producer quality checks each of my podcasts before they get published, I just want to kind of add this in there. That would be really cool to have, just saying.
With that, I will close this episode. My time is way up. Uh, So let's go back. What have we learned? Well, we learned that the ancient Romans and Greeks had yo-yos. I still can't wrap my head around that one. We learned that a a aircraft, military aircraft mechanic dropped a spring on the floor and we ended up with slinkies. And we learned that apparently Barbie needs uh, more closet space. So there we go. That's it. Thank you very much for listening. And I will talk to you again next time on 20 Minutes. You'll never get back. Bye-bye. Hi, it's me again, Doug. I want to take up a couple more seconds of your time just to remind you, if you want to stay informed of when uh, the next podcast is posted, all you need to do is sign up at uh, on that Instagram machine. It's at uh, 20MYNGB, 20MYNGB, and that means 20 minutes you'll never get back. Uh, if you sign up there, you'll uh, always see when the next podcast is uploaded. And if you want to leave some comments, by all means, please do go to the uh, website at 20minutespodcast.com. So it's 20minutespodcast.com. And uh, you can uh, leave your comments there. It also tells you how you can be an announcer for the show. So take take a look at those two things if you'd like and stay informed. And I'll, as always, thank you very much for listening to uh, 20 Minutes. You'll never get back. Bye-bye.